welcome. I'm Steph, an intuitive hypnotist from Quebec, Canada. I'm Julie, a past life regression hypnotist and Reiki healer from Wisconsin. And together, we are the Soulful Mystics. Hey, Mystics. In this episode, Julie facilitated a past life regression for me with the intention to work through some lingering money karma. I also had spontaneous past life memory about this life multiple times before. I've always been a very vivid daydreamer, and sometimes I can get lost in trance-like states while I walk or do mundane tasks. And during those moments, I felt the energy of this past life self come through. So it was really interesting to get more insight into this life and this past life self through hypnosis. If you would like to book a past life regression to release karma, baggage, or patterns that no longer serve you, heal wounds, release fears, or just experience a life where you were a badass sorceress, to bring in more of that power in your current life, Julie and I would love to work with you. And this might be a bit too woo-woo for some, although I have a feeling if you listen to our show, that's kind of the thing that you're into. These sessions don't have to be serious and all about healing. We can dive into other worlds, channel other beings, visit Feyland, fly on dragons. During Julie's last past life regression with me, she met a dragon spirit guide who flew her around a different world, giving her amazing messages. Ugh, it was it was amazing to facilitate. And yes, it was super fun and exciting, but the amazing thing about these fun sessions is there's always healing that comes with it, even unintentional. Also, expect the unexpected. I always go into these sessions with an open mind and heart. I set the intention to allow anything for my highest good to come through. In this session that you're about to hear, during the spirit guide portion, which we did not include in this episode, I discovered a spirit, or actually two, that had come into my home attached to my foster dog. I got information during the session about this spirit, and Julie facilitated an entity removal for me. We will be sharing that story along with the entity removal session next week, episode 32. So stay tuned. We just felt it was a really great way to kick off October. And then we'll be sharing listener ghost stories in the following weeks. All right. If you are interested in booking with the amazing Julie, you can find more info on her and the services she offers at soulseekerhypnosis.com. She is offering both in-person and virtual sessions. And if you're interested in booking with me, you can find more info on me and my services at soulfulstephanie.com. Be sure to hop on our individual email list for any upcoming promotions. And if you like this podcast and are feeling generous, please give us a five-star rating. And if you're feeling extra generous, maybe even write us a review. Thank you so much to those who already wrote us amazing reviews. This one is from Sacred Space with Samantha. She wrote, I just tuned in over my oatmeal this morning. Wow, what a powerful episode on the divine unfolding of our journey leading us to the pieces we are open to receiving. Steph, I loved getting an inside look into your tarot reading process. So magical. I'm so excited to see where you take it, Julie, and what's in those other scrolls. Thank you, Sam. She's referring to the episode 23, Oracle, Tarot, and Past Life Readings. If you haven't listened to it and Samantha sparked your curiosity, check it out. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or you just want to say, hey, let's connect. 
Our email and Instagram handles are linked in the show notes. And just a reminder, before we play this episode, we edit our sessions to remove the long pauses to make it easier to listen to on the show. Typically, it does take people a tad bit longer to observe, translate, and express what they're experiencing. All right, here is my latest past life regression. And just allow the scene to unfold. And when you're ready, take a look around you. Observe what you see, feel, sense, or know. And tell me, are you inside or outside? Outside. Good. And what is going on outside? What are you doing out there? I'm surrounded by other people that seem familiar to me. And we're picking herbs and fruit. Uh, there's like kids climbing trees to grab the, fr the fruit from the top or the leaves as well. And I think I'm like five years old. Good. And it's hot. It's really fun. I enjoy this. And it's almost like a family ritual or like not a ritual, but just something that we do uh, fairly often. And it's not just one family, but a lot of different families that come together to feel like it's like a harvest of some kind. Good. If you were able to zoom out with your awareness, do you get a sense of where you are in the world? It feels like a rural area, like a, it's not very busy. It's not like a city. It's deep and within nature. Maybe it's like Manila or Philippines somewhere next to an ocean or there's water around. And if you were to look down at yourself to see what you're wearing, do you get a sense of if you're male or female? Uh, definitely female. Good. And what do you notice about the clothes that you're wearing, the shoes on your feet, if you have any? Um, There's no shoes, but I'm wearing just, I don't know, it feels like a burlap sack wood, like really rough. Okay. Um, And it's, it's our picking clothes. So we put this on to go picking and I'm supposed to be wearing shoes. I just hate wearing shoes. So I had taken them off somewhere. Good. I remember, like I'm thinking to remember to go get them before coming out of the field. Okay, good. And what do you know about the people around you? You had mentioned that they're familiar. Do you recognize anyone from your current life as Steph? I feel like I recognize some. There is another little girl who I recognize as a friend named Sarah here. And I think she's my sister. And I recognize a few other young girls, um, different in ages, but not very far apart. I feel like they're cousins or family members of some kind. And I see, I see a lot of people that I recognize in this life so far. Like you're there. I see Mira. Mindy's there. And I see my mother in that life is my grandma in this life. So there's almost everybody that I see I recognize in some way. Uh, do you get a sense of what your name might be? It feels something with a V like Vera or Verique, something like that. Good, beautiful name. And is there anything else to know here about this scene in this current lifetime? Or do you feel this scene is complete? I think it's complete. Good. All right. And so now I want you to go easily and effortlessly just move to the next most significant event in this lifetime that will provide even more understanding and clarity for you. And you'll be able to move there with ease in three, two, and one. Just allowing those details to come. And when you're ready, just tell me what you're aware of. We're sitting in... It's inside, but it feels like a setting where you learn. 
It doesn't seem like a classroom or anything that I recognize as something as today, but we're sitting in our own seats with different kinds of plants in front of us. And I'd say I'm about seven. Okay. And we're learning how to, <clears throat> we're learning how to make healing medicines. Good. Are and you doing okay? I, <laughs> yeah, okay. I uh, went off of the class um, teachings and I made something to, uh, that's more black magic is, and then I completely lost my voice just now. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if that's the kind of black magic that I tried to make. Okay, but I I was upset at I was upset at one of the other young girls, and I tried to steal her voice. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Go ahead and just take a moment there, if you need. Just take a deep breath. And do you yeah. feel like there's some energy healing that needs to be done right now to clear what's in your throat, or do you want to keep moving through this scene? I think it's cleared, okay. um, but it's it was almost just like a introduction into this medicine. And after realizing the power behind what we can do, I think that I, I saw opportunity to try something. It didn't feel very malicious. Like it, it had, I just keep hearing magic. All magic has a consequence or a price. So that was the price for that moment for myself. I think instead of it going on to that other young girl, it went on to me so that I understood the consequence of what I wanted to, my intention in that moment. Okay. This seems a lot for a seven-year-old to be thinking of black magic. How did that come about at such a young age? Um, well, in this, the words are not the same, but it feels like a tradition that's passed on from generation and it's generation of sorceresses. And that's just what they call it of sorcery magic healers. And it's almost like shamanism where we're taught at a young, right from birth, how to work with the nature around us in order to heal people. And so it's it's like you didn't go to school, you just did this your entire life is what I felt like. And while doing that, I had, I feel like a cousin who kind of dabbled in, in it's, it's like a darker arts, I'd say. And it was more of a curiosity type thing. I don't know where she learned it from, but she taught us a couple of things. And so there's myself and then there's Sarah with me that she taught us a few things. And, and then it kind of sparked that interest at seven when I, I, so I was going to this school for at least a couple of years, it felt like, but that was my first time trying it. Okay. So I feel like they grew up, we grew up really fast in that time. It feels like the 1500s, like really, really far away. Wow. Okay. Good. And so this cousin that was exploring the dark arts and teaching you this stuff at such a young age, is there a special connection to this person or do you know who this cousin would be in your current life today as Steph? When I think about her back then, it's just like a shadow. I feel like for some reason it's hidden from me. Okay. I don't know if it, it was my own. It's my own. I'm not sure why that's happening. Everyone else seems very clear. But for her, it's almost like she was removed from that community and we're like not allowed to talk about her. We're not allowed to think about her. 
uh, there's like some kind of block there that was created either by my own subconscious or by the community. It feels more like the community. Okay, good. All right. And so you're in this classroom and you're learning about these plants and what else is going on at this time? They're teaching us how to heal. So people would come in almost who have ailments or, or wounds that basically come in to teach us uh, it's not they're not created for this reason the wounds it's people who need help and um, are getting it for free or at least um, something in order to help us learn so there's a man who came in with a really big cut on his arm and so the person who's teaching us is showing us how to cleanse it with some kind of plant that she that we kind of I don't know what it's called but we smushed it and then made something out of it, like um, a salve of some kind, and put it over top and then wrapped it in some kind of leaf. And so she's teaching us how to dress wounds and, and heal wounds. Yeah, there's other physical wounds that I see coming in, and that's what we're learning at this age. I think it gets progressively more difficult as we grow, but that's like the basic. Good. Wonderful. Do you feel as though the this scene is complete or do you feel like there's more information to gain here? No, it feels complete. Okay, good. And so go easily and effortlessly to the next most significant event in this lifetime. The next event that will provide even more understanding and clarity for you. And you'll be able to move there with ease in three, two, and one. And just take a moment to allow the details to come and when you're ready just tell me what you're aware of here i feel like i'm in more of a it feels like a town center is the word that i'm getting and there's four of us who are working in a shop i think we're like early teens or mid-teens it's like tinctures and um, herbal medicine. There's just like glass bottles. I don't know if it's glass, but like bottles all over the walls, basically. We're selling medicine or teas as well, different kinds of things. And we seem really happy. Like we really enjoy what we're doing. What else is going on there? It feels like there's a darkness coming. Like I feel it in my body. It's almost like you get this sense that something's on its way. You don't know what, but you know you should leave and you don't because your store, it's a family store. It's its very important to our community as well. And we were put in charge of this. So we, we all stayed. Um, yeah. And then it feels like feel like it's almost soldiers or uh, some kind of some kind of men with uniforms not anything that I would recognize just the same clothes they're all wearing the same clothes and they started breaking all of our stuff and they like pulled us out onto the road and they asked who who was in charge and it was I feel like it was you it was in charge yeah, you were the one in charge and they kneeled you down on the middle of the road and they they basically chopped your head off right in front of us. They don't want us to be selling that. How come? Like it seems like such a severe punishment for such a good thing to heal people. They called us a name. It's like a cuckoo, like mong mong cuckoolum lam. I like I think they're calling us witches. Okay, just in a different language. They want to, yeah, I don't know if it's a name that I don't recognize or they don't want us there. Okay, so what happens next? 
I feel like we were devastated um, and we didn't, we were scared. We didn't know why, or we didn't really understand because we do this for good. And it's, it's a very misunderstood practice in this time or place. And there's, it feels like there's two different kinds of sorcerers. It's just the word that I'm hearing. And it's like the, um, what they refer to as cuckoo, which that other word and that's the that's more of the black magic type or witch whatever they want to call it and what we were doing was more of a healer shaman so it's it almost felt like it took a turn um because they they're scared they know that we have the ability to choose which one we want to do because we have the gift and we can we can do with it what we like and so i feel like they want to get rid of us all but they need us to be healers so they just want to instill fear in us so that we we don't step outside the lines of what they deem acceptable ah okay so really these soldiers need you but they yeah. want to keep you in line so that's why they killed the uh whoever was in charge yeah. of, of this okay I think they got rumor or heard that we were that we were like delving into into something else. So they just in case came to put us in line in case we were delving into that kind of uh, I think it's like Kulam black magic of some kind. Okay. All right. And so after they instilled this fear into you by such a brutal act and they leave, what kind of state are you in and the others with you? And where do you go from here after such a tragedy? Well, they destroyed our shop. So we, it was devastating. I feel like it, it almost seems like we're all in shock because we're all very young. Yeah. And we went home. And I feel like you have to walk a really long while to get home. And once we got there, I don't think we wanted to, or I, at least myself, I didn't want to venture out anymore. I stayed there and did harvest the plants and and did whatever we needed to do from our home base and didn't really venture out. I feel like there's something going on in the city that maybe maybe I don't we're not really sure of what's happening, but it almost feels like invaders or I don't know if they are talking about the soldiers or the people who police this kind of thing, but um, so we're staying away from them. And I don't think they have the courage to come onto our land because we are a lot, a lot of um, healers or sorcerers. So they won't come onto our land. Good. So I feel like we stay there for a while. Okay, good. And do you feel like there's any more information to gather here in this scene or are you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Good. All right, Steph. So just like before, I want you to easily and effortlessly just move to the next most significant scene in this lifetime, whichever will provide even more understanding and clarity for you. And you'll be able to move there with ease in three, two, and one. Again, just allow the details to come. And when you're ready, just tell me what you're aware of here. Well, we're on our land a lot older, I'd say like in our 20s, early 20s. And my sister and I are really good at our craft. Like we took that time away from going into the city and we just practiced. And I do feel like there's a lot of anger mm -hmm. and rape into losing it. 
she was like a cousin but felt more like a sister so I feel like cousins and sisters there's not really a difference besides biology but like if they feel just as close and so we were just outside picking and um, we got the sense that someone was on our property. So we went to look and it was um, a man just, he seemed like a common, a commoner. I don't, I don't know the word for it, but just, just a regular man. And I feel like I had the ability to read people because I, a lot of the community would ask me to, to kind of greet anyone who comes onto the land to find their intention and so I think I was really good at that. And when I saw him, I immediately felt sadness and anger that I was able to relate to. And um, he asked us, my sister and I, we were the ones who greeted him. He asked us to work for him, but he didn't want us to talk on the property. So we agreed to meet him in the city. I think it feels like a few days later. And we went right back to that shop and he had fixed it up because it was still the family shop. And he had said, we can have the shop and he can fix anything. He feels like a carpenter or some someone really good with his hands. And he actually, I think he's my dad in this life. Oh, okay. And he's just talking about how he wanted to fix it up for us, but he needs something in return. And that thing in return was to, to get... <sighs> not revenge, but justice for his daughter. And in reading his heart, I feel like he wanted that justice, not because his daughter wasn't worthy anymore, because she was raped by, it feels like multiple soldiers in one time, but because he could see how damaged she is over it. She's hurt and she won't talk and she, they just destroyed who she was. And he isn't able to do anything about it because if he tried to fight, well, his other kids would be killed and every, they would lose everything. So he's asking us to use our gifts to seek justice. And I feel the sadness from him. Like he's just heartbroken over what they did. But then inside, I feel excited. I want to do this. I'm excited. Like I, I took that job right away. And my sister did too. And we decided not to tell the community. Um, and we just went into our shop and told him how we wanted it fixed. And he, he did that for us. And then we started discussing how to seek that revenge or justice for her. Good. So moving forward a little bit in the scene, once you have the shop all fixed up and you've discussed your plan of action, what comes next after that? So the kind of magic that we do is it's almost like a, we don't believe that this magic could affect anyone who is innocent. So we don't think we're doing anything wrong is what I gather. Okay. But it feels a lot like voodoo as we know it. Um, so we need a part of whoever our target is, which is not hard to get because we're both really beautiful and we have really like almost burgundy-ish hair and very long, beautiful, curly. And we don't look like a lot of people from there. And so I feel like it's it's really easy to to get these men somewhere private where we can get a, a hair or anything from their body is is what we need and doesn't take very long. I think my sister has a gift of persuasion or 
she has a way with words of talking and making people feel a certain way. And so we got what we needed and we went back to the shop and we made these, I don't know, it's like a voodoo doll, except it's with, I want to say a bug of some kind. It's like a living being, but we love animals. So I, I feel like it's, it's a bug of some kind. And when we attach it to this thing that we got from the person's body, it's officially attached together. And so we can do things to it or, and then the person would feel it just like a voodoo situation, or we can cast spells. Um, and depending on what they did, I think that's how we decided what they would get. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it seems like we're having way too much fun with it. Um, but based on what happened, I think we feel like we're doing a service to the community. Yeah, I de- I can definitely understand that. You're taking your power back in the way that you know how to. Yeah, and it's definitely not acceptable in within our community. So I think we had to choose between the two because now we are, if you start practicing that kind of magic, then you're, you're no longer a healer or no longer considered a healer. And knowing the risk that you're taking, how does that make you feel? Does that impact your decisions? Or do you keep going forward with this voodoo or this dark magic? No, we keep going forward. There there was, wasn't even a question about it. It was exciting and it was empowering it felt and the the word spread really fast so we had people coming in and paying us to do to do these things and I just keep feeling like I stopped trusting my intuition I stopped reading people and I just decided to believe if these people didn't deserve it it won't work on them but I don't think that was necessarily true ah so it was almost like by doing this work as powerful as it was it almost like it shut off your natural gifts and abilities in a way yeah it did because when people would walk in I can kind of read their intention yeah and I think I chose money and that dark power over the ability to read and trust my the the gift within me that I was born with rather than the one that I worked to achieve I see okay Good. What else is there for you to know here about this work that you've chosen to do over your natural gifts and abilities? I feel like that message of all magic has a price. Um, like we started to to change our appearance physically very quickly, or it it just we were no longer the, those vibrant pure souls. Um, it it feels like it took a toll on on our bodies. Um, pretty quickly. So it was almost like each time you performed an act of dark magic on somebody, it took a part of you away, in a sense. Yeah, like I, I took someone's sight. I don't know why. But um, anytime I that person or that act pops up, it popped up a couple times during the scene, my eyebrows just twitch uncontrollably. And I feel like it might not affect me as much as it affected them, but it did affect my body in some way each time I did it. Okay. So do you feel like this affects you in your day-to-day life now as Steph with the twitching or any other kind of symptoms in your body? Yeah, I think it it still does. I still okay. hold on to on onto it somehow. Good. And now you've mentioned things of 
like you took somebody's site. Have you done anything more harmful? Like, have you taken lives using this magic? Have you killed anybody? Not immediately, but ultimately the things that I did take from them led to their death in some way. Um, Sometimes like if I would take their site, it was because that's what they needed most of all, or that's what they loved most of all. And so I feel like it kind of made people spiral and they would succumb to their own doom. And I think that was what I enjoyed was that I didn't have to physically harm anybody um, or kill anyone. They would just kind of do it to themselves. And I think that in my mind back then, that was a whole part of the justice was if they learned from it, then they would heal themselves because they could, anyone could, but the belief system was not that. It was that only one person could undo it and that was the person who cursed them. Ah. But I don't believe that that was true. And so it's almost like I expected them to learn from their mistakes and if they did, they would come out of it and he would regain his sight. But he never learned from it. And so ultimately he died somehow because of that. And so I kind of saw it as justice playing itself out. But sitting here today, I, f- I think I felt deep down that that wasn't true. Yeah. That there was just so much fear in the community that they felt um, they didn't feel like they had the ability to do that. And because they didn't believe it, then they couldn't do it. You have to believe you can in order to to work at it. Okay. You mentioned the word cursed. So would you describe what you would do to people as a curse? Yeah. Yeah, I would curse them. And with the knowledge of cursing people, did you ever have anyone come to you to remove curses or to help them in that way? No, they could have, but they didn't because they se- they really separate the dark magic versus the healers and they believe that only healers can do that or the person who cursed that particular person but I I never I don't think anyone ever came to me who I cursed to ask me to undo it in that moment I think I don't think anyone really knew that I had done it until I think the end but I see okay yeah it's something that my sister and I did um to a lot of people within the community yeah do you think and I'm asking this question because it sounds like you got a lot of enjoyment out of this work that you did but do you think if somebody came to you seeking help would you have helped them or would you have turned them away because you enjoyed um it would I think it would depend on the curse that they had or the ailment that they were given because that would tell me what someone accused them of oh I see so I think I helped people by when they would come to me and tell me things that someone had done to them um that's how I felt like I was helping people but I didn't I didn't really care about adultery or I did have people who came to me about um their spouses cheating on them and wanting to curse them and I didn't I didn't take those jobs I felt like I had a standard of whoever hurt or I don't know because it felt like there was a difference even though I had no proof. So I think that's where the I crossed the line a little bit too often because I enjoyed hurting the people who hurt others. And I think I did lose a little bit of that compassion as I as I went on or okay. all of it. I think I might have lost all of it. In order to put a curse on somebody, 
what they did had to have been severe enough to deserve this curse. So like if someone was caught stealing food or adultery, you wouldn't curse them. But if it was more of a severe offense, then that's when you would. So you kind of had like a standard you held yourself to as to. Yeah, we had like a code. Okay. With oh, okay. Just between her and I, I don't know about anyone else who was practicing that, but between her and I, we had a code of some kind that it had to be, it had to be something that we didn't believe should happen and stealing food or, you know, that stuff is, is what we need to survive. I don't, and I, I feel like adultery is just, I, I don't know. I, I kind of see myself laughing when somebody came to me about that. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think I didn't have a partner at all. I don't think that I cared or loved anyone enough to know how, how much that might've hurt. But yeah, I think it was more like the physical stuff um, or violent acts that I would do. Okay. Good. And do you feel like there's more to learn about this particular lifetime? Or do you feel like you're ready to move on? I think I'm ready to move on. All right. And so, Steph, uh, I want you to go ahead and find your last day, if it is important to you in this lifetime, your final moments just before you take that final breath. And you'll find that place easily and effortlessly in three, two, and one. When you're ready, just let me know what you're aware of. My sister and I are standing on a, um, I guess, a platform of some kind. And I don't know if they're soldiers. I don't know what they are, but the enforcers, I guess you can call them, are asking us to reverse the curses uh, because most of them were done on these uh, people, the enforcers or soldiers, um, were naked and were tied with our hands kind of up in the air uh, with our backs facing the crowd or the the people. And uh, each time we say no, they whip us. Okay. So I think I feel like this this goes on for a really long time. Um, okay. And neither of us wanted to remove those curses. So we ended up dying uh, by being whipped and or whatever came with those wounds. Okay. But I feel disconnected. I think my soul left the body before that happened. I, I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like I was present for that. Okay. I don't know. It feels different and disconnected all right and before we move on is there anything to know about how you came to this place this moment in time if we were to back up a little bit what happened that caused you to be standing on this platform naked and tied it was um the word got around that it was something that we were doing and uh there there is a lot of beliefs like really strong beliefs around that kind of thing and this was one of the punishments to that and I think there was some kind of culture change um where it it just wasn't accept not that it wasn't it was never acceptable but Mm -hmm. it was more um they kind of understood that or started to believe that the person who made the curse is the only one who can break it. So they started torturing people uh, who they believed were cursing others before their death in order to release the curses before they died. So I think that was like a method of torture in order to release it. Yeah, that seems like. Okay, so like torturing the people who placed the curses would release the curses? Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, like torturing okay. them un until they release it because they believe the only person who can release it was the one who gave it. I see. So if those people died, like if you held firm in your word and said, "No, I'm not going to I'm not going to release the curse." And you died. What happened to the people that were cursed? Did the curse die with you or did they remain cursed? Well, it really depended on what they believed and what they believed in that time is oh. that if if that person who created, if that witch died, then they would be cursed. Their soul would be cursed for eternity. I think that I knew that wasn't the case, that they just had to change the way that they believed it because they mm. all had the power yeah. to release it. So but, this is a like they create their own reality, what they exactly. believe. I see. Okay. Is there anything else to learn here? Or would you like to go back to where you left your body? Uh, we could go back to where we left the body. Okay. And so I know you had mentioned that you felt disconnected. You felt like your soul had already departed. Mm -hmm. is, does that still feel like the case? Okay. Yeah. And so let's just go ahead move away from this space this time where you're on this platform your soul has already left the body and just think of any decisions you made in that lifetime and and how it makes you feel now that your soul is connected from this body in this life and what do you I, feel right now i feel guilty that i don't feel guilty ah. it's like a because i still left with the the belief that uh, they deserved it somehow. And what I did to them was far less worse than what they did to these other people. So it's learning to feel compassion for people, even though you don't understand what they're doing or don't believe what they're doing is right, is it's still really hard for me. And I don't know that I've changed that. I've changed it a little bit, but I, I feel like there's still, it's still a work in progress. And, and that's something that I came here to resolve in some way again. Okay. Maybe the reason you don't feel guilty is because you know that really these people have the power to heal themselves take their power back it's like a little secret that you know yeah and that might be why I'm trying to spread that like I don't want it to be a secret anymore I want to spread yeah. that news maybe that's why that I'm I am working at resolving some of those things that I I did and I think until I fully believe it that I can release this money karma um I can release the curses that I put on these people from my standpoint mm -hmm. and and see what happens um which is kind of what I've been thinking of doing just to do a prayer of some kind to release any curses or or stories that I wrote for other people and see if it releases something that I'm subconsciously holding against myself. So spreading mm -hmm. that word that we can do that. We don't need someone else to do it for us because that person who's doing it for you and taking your money and making you believe that you need them to release those curses mm -hmm. is really just doing the same thing that I was doing in that life. And I think we need to teach people that they are their own healer. They are their own powerful source. They just have to believe it and, and go with what they, they feel they need. Yeah. And do you know or understand that you're already doing that? Yeah, I think I'm trying to. I, I feel like I need to do more, but mm -hmm. it's like, a I guess, baby steps. Yeah towards it but I do see that I'm I'm starting that path absolutely 
it's more than starting. I think you've already begun this path yeah. of empowering others. It's been, yeah. I mean, even with the podcast, like it's been almost a year. It's been like three quarters of a year. And yep. so you're spreading that word and you're showing examples through your sessions and the work that you do through your own experiences. You're already doing the work. Yeah. And so I think that's important for you to know. I agree. Yeah. Do you feel as though you've learned any other lessons or, you know, for why you saw this life? Were there any other lessons that have come from this? I think just understanding myself a little bit better that I still have parts of her within me and I can choose to use those parts that were more in alignment with who I want to be today. Or I can allow the parts that I want to move away from to come out and shine. So her anger and her her joy from gaining that justice for things that are none of my business, I need to learn to release that and focus more on her gifts and power to create more empowering humans around me. So teaching them that they can release these things, these blocks, these curses, whatever it is that they feel they're holding. And I can teach them how to protect themselves. I, I already know how to do that because of that life. I just need to pull in that information and find a way to to spread it to the modern day culture. And do you feel as though there is anything else that you've taken away from why you saw this lifetime? Or would you like to move into a place of spiritual guidance? Well, I feel I keep getting the sense that more stuff is going to come to me okay. as I progress. Um, and that for today, that I received a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think for today, it's done. Okay. But, but that'll continue to gain insight and, and wisdom from that life. Good. We always receive what we need right here in this moment. And that's it for today's episode. Until next time, stay curious.